Alex fans. Are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts, Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Jones. And we have a great show for you this week. If you're a Ducks fan, you have to be super excited. The Ducks have won uh, four in a row now. They won uh, three this past week. Uh, they're now in first place, two points ahead of the San Jose Sharks, Eddie. And you just have to be happy with the way the Ducks have been uh, going this last uh, three or four weeks now. Yeah, and, and it's kind of surprising, too. I, I mean, I don't think... We both expected them to be here at this point in the season, especially you look back, you know, six, seven, eight games ago. Uh, the gap just seemed too much. San Jose just seemed to be too good of a team. And the fact that now they're sitting two points up and really like their destiny to, is in their own hands in, in terms of the Pacific Division. And, you know, they're fighting almost for a second in the Western Conference because Minnesota struggled as well. So the fact that they'll, they could almost get home ice advantage against every team in the Western Conference except for Chicago is a, a great achievement. And obviously you look at their home record this season, it'd be a huge advantage for them going into the playoffs. Exactly. And we've got a lot of questions about uh, the Sharks and the Blackhawks and the playoffs. And we'll get to all the fan questions. We also have tons of updates that came out today that we're going to cover as well. Uh, let's look at this week, Eddie. Uh, the first big game, uh, you know, we talked about this. We thought the Ducks uh, could beat uh, the Oilers and the Jets, and then uh, obviously the Rangers would be a tougher game, which the Ducks ended up winning all three. But uh, they started off against the Oilers, and uh, it didn't quite go the way the Ducks wanted in the beginning. Uh, you know, the Oilers scored first. Uh, Eve scored to tie it up. Uh, McDavid made a nice move. He scores, gives Edmonton back the 2-1 to one lead uh, in the first period. Uh, the Ducks do get a late goal by Hampus Lindholm to tie it up. And then from then on, they were able to prevail in this one. Uh, Manson and Raquel chipped in with goals in the second period. And then a questionable late goal by Edmonton in the game. But the Ducks ended up winning this one uh, still, Eddie, 4-3. Uh, yeah, and this is the first time really that they haven't been able to shut down McDavid. I mean, we saw the the little bit of the graphic before the Edmonton Oilers game that um, you know McDavid only had two points in the, the first six games that he's played against the Ducks. Uh, and this one obviously goes off for three, but I think it's credit to the Ducks that they actually were able to still come out and get the win. It was a crazy first period, like you said, ended up finishing 2-2. Um, and then a really solid second period where the Ducks really took over and and got the two goals in that second period and held on nearly until the end of the game, only with like a seven seconds to go in the third period where the Oilers ended up getting their uh, power play goal. But uh, I think it was a good game. Obviously, it was a, a big uh, four-point game at the time, and it was a, it's a reason that the Ducks sit atop the Pacific Division right now. And I think a big thing, too, is the lines just seem to be, you know, finally set chemistry-wise. You, you see in this game, Getzlaff, Raquel, and Eves, that line went off in this game and, and contributed to three of the four goals. And, and I think that's big. I mean, obviously, we've got the Kessler, Silfberg, Cogliano line. And the fact that you now have this line, and they've been playing so well, they played great uh, this week. And then obviously you've got Perry down there as well with uh, Vermette and Richie, I believe, at most times. So I, I think the chemistry has really helped, and it obviously showed during this week. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Raquel getting his 32nd goal of the season to lead the way. Uh, you know, the Ducks getting some scoring from other people. You know, Lindholm chipping in, Manson chipping in. Uh, we're seeing a little bit more of that going on the next, uh, you know, a couple games too and, and the past weeks and whatnot. So overall good performance. Uh, by the Ducks, a big four-point game, as you mentioned. And, you know, a little bit of controversy in this game, Eddie. The uh, the last goal there by the Oilers, 
you know, I was there in person. They showed it on the Jumbotron. They showed Patrick Maroon was clearly offsides. Both skates on the other side of the blue line received the puck. The refs reviewed it. They ended up giving them the goal. Obviously, there was only like six seconds left, so it didn't matter. I mean, it could have, but it didn't. And uh, interesting. But they had said that the refs did not uh, have that angle that we, the fans, saw at Honda Center. And I just think that's a little bit troubling. I mean, you'd think that if they had all the camera angles uh, in in an arena, you would think the league did too. So it was kind of a weird situation at the end there, Eddie, but the Ducks ended up still winning by one goal. Yeah, I mean, I think it would have been more of an issue if it was a game-tying goal. Um, or if it was with a little bit more time left, the fact that maybe it was seven seconds, uh, I mean, maybe it wasn't as much of an issue. But yeah, it, it is weird to me that they didn't have access to some to a camera angle that the whole arena has has access to. You think the refs would usually have the more exclusive angles to be able to see if it was offside or not? And, and at least from the angles that I saw on TV, it did look like it was slightly offside and that it shouldn't have counted. Um, obviously, it didn't hurt them and ended up winning the game. But it's something you would hope that they'd be able to get right most of the time. Yeah, just kind of interesting, I, you know, when they had talked about them not being able to see the camera angle. Um, but uh, another part of this game that was interesting too, Eddie, is we saw uh, uh, Bieksa get high-sticked in this game. Uh, he ended up losing two teeth and no call was made. And, you know, we've talked about this. We, we saw Perry earlier get hit. We've seen other players recently uh, have different high sticks. Nothing happened. And what was kind of interesting is the ref, uh, Wes McCauley, actually apologized to Kevin Bieksa after the game. So I think that's pretty interesting. Uh, you know, we talked about uh, the ref before uh, calling the high sticking motion, then not calling the penalty in favor of the Ducks with the Perry situation last week. And now we see this, we actually see a ref apologize after a game. I don't remember the last time I've seen that happen. Eh? So that's kind of interesting. And, uh, you know, Bieksa said that uh, it was a definitely a classy move by the ref, even though he, you know, lost his two teeth. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a good move. I mean, it was obvious. And it's actually, it turned into kind of a trend over the, the three games this week that happened in each game. But, I think it was good on the ref. It, that was probably the most vicious of the three that we saw this week. Uh, the fact that it was missed. I mean, he was bleeding. Like you said, he lost a couple teeth as well. So uh, good on the ref for, for apologizing for missing that. Uh, I, I mean, you know, it, it's not like it would have changed the situation. All the Ducks would have got is, is a four-minute power play. But it, it is good on the ref to, to recognize that they, he made a mistake and, and go and apologize to, to Kevin. And, you know, it actually uh, ended up uh, costing BX a game. You know, he didn't play in the next game against the Jets. Instead, Brandon Montour came in, and, you know, he, had, he ended up getting an assist in this game. But uh, the Ducks uh, took on the Jets, the game that you and I said that they should win. Uh, obviously, there's no easy opponent in the league, but the Ducks did prevail in this one, 3-1. Uh, to one, And you got to believe uh, Corey Perry scored. Um, you know, we talked about it in the game preview that day that he needed to get going again, and he did. Um, he got the early goal. And uh, Cogdano scored, and then uh, Silverberg as well. Uh, you know, Silverberg with over 20 goals now this season as well. So uh, the Ducks did good in this one overall. Um, they lost the faceoff battle, but besides that, uh, you know, they won this game. They outshot uh, the Jets 35 to 18, and another solid effort uh, with Bernier net. Yeah, it was a really strong effort. I mean, they outshot uh, the the Jets thirty five to eighteen, uh, and Hutchison had a, had a pretty good game. I think the the Jets really felt the loss of Dustin Bufflin in this game. I mean, they still out hit the Ducks, but Trouba ended up playing almost thirty minutes in this game, and, and then the the minutes after that were spread out between uh, Melikori and Morrissey, and two guys you really don't expect to see over twenty minutes did see that that those that many minutes in this game. So I think that's what affected the Jets a lot in this game. Um, obviously, the Ducks, like I said, they they played a, a strong game. This one, Perry ended up getting his goal, and and the Kessler Silverberg Cogliano line was the one that stepped up in this game. 
So a strong effort, uh, probably the the easiest win of the week that we would have expected them to win, and uh, you know a, a key uh, a key win in, in their pursuit to win the Pacific Division. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as we talked about, the Ducks, if they're going to make their push, they got to beat everybody, whether they're a weak opponent or a strong opponent. So this was another good effort by the Ducks. Uh, you know, you saw Wagner out there hitting people again. Uh, you know, laying the body out there. Um, and uh, just a good game overall by the Ducks. Uh, probably the only thing that's still been a little bit troubling has been the power play, Eddie. Uh, you know, the Ducks were 0-5 for five against Edmonton. They're 0-3 for three tonight. That's the one thing I would like to see the Ducks pick it up in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it, it kind of seems like the goal scoring has picked up a little bit. I, I mean, obviously they got four against uh, Edmonton. They got three against the, the Jets and then the, the six in the next game against the Rangers. But uh, out, out of all three three of those games, there was only one power play goal. And, and that's something that still has struggled. I mean, it, it seems like a trend. Now, every time we get on a power play, you're like, oh, can they finally get one in this <laughs> one? And, and, of course, our only power play goal was off a, a deflection that almost wasn't a goal. So, I mean, it, it's definitely something that needs to pick up for the playoffs, but the fact that they're actually starting to score more goals and being able to win uh, win games uh, you know, 4-3 instead of 2-1 or one nothing is definitely an advantage. Yeah, you talk about scoring more goals. You know, the Rangers came to town on Sunday. We talked about this being the probably the most difficult matchup. You know, the, the Rangers had beaten the Ducks earlier in the season. And, uh, you know, this game uh, started out kind of wild, too, just like the Edmonton game. Uh, you had Rick Nash scored first. Uh, Patrick Eves answered. Uh, Stefan scored uh, and put the Rangers back up 2-1. to one. But then you had Kessler with the, the one power play goals we talked about this week. And so at the end of the first period, this game was 2-2, two to two, just like the game against Edmonton. Um, you see Josh Manson get another goal shorthanded. He's had a couple in the recent weeks. Um, and then, you know, the Ducks really poured it on in the third period, Eddie. I mean, Cogliano scored, Eve scored, Richie scored. Uh, and it was good to see the Ducks, you know, they really put New York away in this game, 6-3. to three, And, uh, you know, catapulted the Ducks all the way to first place this week, you know, two points ahead of the, the Sharks uh, and now Edmonton as well. Yeah, and really, I mean, they almost played a, a com- like a complete game except for the three Rangers goals. I mean, all of them were odd man rushes, and, and the Rangers capitalized on all of them. But I-, I think it was a strong effort. The Rangers are one of the best road teams in the NHL, and for you to come out and, and win, and-, and not just win in a close game, to win 6-3 and dominate in the third period. Um, I-, I think that was a-, a real big statement game for them. The Rangers are a very good team, and the Ducks seem in control for most of the game, obviously, except for, for the turnovers. Uh, that ended up leading to goals, and and you know I don't see that being a problem long term. We haven't seen it that often, especially not three times in one game. So <laughs> this might just be a one off. Obviously, it's something to look for in the next uh, games coming up. But I think it was a, a strong performance. You know, the Ducks knew that they'd have to win this game uh, to to put themselves in the in the Pacific Division lead, and they they battled for the through the first two periods, and and you know they really took advantage of the fact that the Rangers had played the night before against the Kings in the third, and and came out strong and and got those two goals, and then obviously the empty netted by Richie. So a big game, and and obviously you know a, a key one for them to to now be two points up in the Pacific Division. It's definitely a place we didn't expect them to be at this point. Yeah, exactly. And that was one of the uh, the fan questions we had is uh, talking about the Ducks and how they were doing. We, you know, he talked about them being, you know, a playoff team, but uh, not necessarily being, you know, a Stanley Cup team. And that's that's kind of what uh, Braden alluded to. Uh, you know, if we're kind of, uh, you know, eating our words, whether or not they're a contender or not. Um, you know, I think looking at, uh, you know, this week and obviously the last couple of weeks, you know, I've talked about this the last couple of shows. The Ducks are a playoff team. That's for sure. Uh, we didn't know how far they would go um, and, and whether or not they're a cup contender team. And a couple other fans asked those questions as well, Eddie. And, 
I still think it's you know up for debate whether or not they're a cup contending team. But as far as being a playoff team, um, absolutely, they're a playoff team for sure. Uh, I definitely think they can get past the first round, um, second round too, possibly. Uh, after that, you know, I don't know, Eddie. I, it's it's going to be interesting because we still have to figure out the goalie situation. Yeah, and I think they can get through the first two rounds. I mean, we we always knew they were going to be a playoff team. Uh, but yeah, they, the 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 real issue was cup contender, and I think they've been playing like it lately. Um, I still find it difficult to believe that Bernier is going to lead us to a Stanley Cup. I mean, you know, great, kudos to him for playing the way he's been playing over the, his last, I don't know, is it 10 games now, the way he's been playing. Mm-hmm. So he's been a real key to the Ducks' success. But, you know, I don't know if he's the guy that's going to take them all the way to win a Cup. But, I, you know, I, I like the first-round matchups that they could possibly get. You know, right now, if the playoffs started today, they'd play Calgary in the first round. And then they'd play either Edmonton or San Jose, I believe, in the second round. And I think they have a good shot against all the Pacific Division teams. Obviously, there's a lot of familiarity there. I think the Ducks are a better team. San Jose would still be a tough one. You know, they obviously have been struggling late with their losing six games in a row, but they're still, you know, they're still a good team. And there's a that'd be the toughest opponents of the four. But yeah, I think it really does come down to goaltending. Is Gibson going to be 100 percent healthy and ready to go? Or are they going to have to go with Bernier? I think that's the the big key decider going into the playoffs. I think. I think Gibson is good enough to lead us to a Stanley Cup. We obviously saw Murray do it for the Penguins last year. Um, as for Bernier, you know, I don't want to put him down with the way he's been playing lately. I just, I just don't see him being able to do it. I mean, he's a great backup goaltender, but I don't know if he's a Stanley Cup winning goaltender. And that is the big question. A lot of people are asking about, and you and I really debated this last show. And uh, you know, some stats to throw out here, okay, is uh, Bernier's last game that he lost in regulation, March fifth against Vancouver. Since then, he's been eight zero and one, uh, goals against one point six four, and save percentage of nine forty four. So, I mean, he's really been tearing it up lately. I, I mean. <sighs> I think that he could get the Ducks pretty far, Eddie. Uh, maybe to disagree a little bit. I don't know if he could win the Cup for the team, but I think if Gibson's not healthy and we have to ride Bernie, I think the Ducks could at least get to the Western Conference Final. What do you think, Eddie? Yeah, I mean, it, it all comes down to is he going to continue playing like this? I, I, I mean... We saw earlier in the season that he struggled, and, and it looked like the Bernier we're used to seeing. And you know, I've honestly never seen him play this well, even with the Leafs and, and early on with the Kings. I think this is the best stretch he's ever had in his in his career. So, uh, I mean, it might be him finally turning around and, and becoming the goalie everybody thought he was going to be, or it could just be a really hot stretch, and it depends on how long that lasts for. So, I I think yeah, I think he could win us a couple rounds, but it's it's just tough for me to say because I we've all seen the other side of this coin with Bernier and how he can play on other nights. Um, just to say that he can come out and, and play 20, 25 games in a playoff series and, and win you 16 games, it's, it's just tough for me to, to believe. Um, but, I mean, if he plays like the way he's been playing over these last uh, 9, 10 games in the playoffs, then for sure he can, he can take us there. I think it all depends on the consistency of his play leading into the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's going to be the key that, you know, um, one of the fan questions in here, too, is, you know, about uh, the Ducks, how they've been playing over the, you know, the last few weeks. Um, and what do they need, you know, to do? Like, what's changed, basically, uh, Travis asked us over the last couple um, weeks and even these last couple games. And I think the biggest thing is the team defense. And I think that the team has been playing really great in front of Bernier, obviously, in the last 10 games. And then the one game Gibson came in, they didn't play as well. You know, granted, there was a few things going on in that game when Gibson came back because he wasn't 100%. So I think that's the other part of this issue is here. I think Bernier's playing better. 
the team defense is playing better. But if Gibson's not 100%, I, you know, I hope they don't rush him back. Uh, I mean, we, we learned today that Enroth was sent down to the goals and that Carlisle saying that Gibson could play on this upcoming uh, road trip. But you have to be a little bit concerned, Eddie, because if he's not 100%, then I, you know, right now you'd rather just you know, ride Bernier and maybe play Gibson when the Ducks do know if they're first, second, or third or how they're going to be seated in the playoffs. Yeah, I think you don't want to bring him back until he's 100% healthy. We've seen... Uh, you know, we've seen the, the adverse effects of that, through, you know, throughout the NHL this season. I mean, recently we saw um, Ekblad for the Florida Panthers. He came back too early, um, and now he's going to be out for possibly the rest of the season for for the Panthers. And and their uh, their coach and general manager came out and said, "Well, you know, it's my fault. I shouldn't have pushed him back too early." Uh, and now he's going to be out for for at least five games at the end of the season. And we don't want to see that with Gibson because the Ducks are actually going to be going to the playoffs, and and he's a key piece to that. So. Uh, obviously, I'd like to see him get in at least two or three games before the playoffs start, just to get on, you know, some get back in into the to the feel of things and get used to taking shots from NHL players. But you know, if he's not 100% healthy, then um, it, it's it's going to be difficult to work him in. I, I mean, that's why I want him to get a couple games going. You know, the Ducks by the time if he comes back with three games to go or four games to go, will most likely have clinched a playoff spot. Uh, it will be a little bit less pressure. They can put him in on an easier game and hopefully work him back into to the feel of things and, and get him ready to go. But, you know, you never know. You don't Like you said, you don't want to bring him back, you know, too early against, say, like the game against Vancouver tomorrow or the game against Winnipeg if he's not ready to go. And then he injures himself again and he's out for the foreseeable future. Yeah, the, the point of the schedule where I could definitely see him coming in is, uh, you know, the Ducks are going to play Edmonton. Uh, on Saturday, um, and then they're going to play Calgary the day after. So I could see him playing in one of those two games, Eddie. Maybe Bernier plays Vancouver or Winnipeg. We see what happens with San Jose, who, by the way, has been losing their face. They've lost six in a row. Maybe their social media people, uh, you know, they've been a little quiet lately. I'm not really sure why, but, you know, hey, after the Ducks beat them, they were, they were pretty uh, loud and boisterous about being in first, but uh, they're falling apart. So if they keep losing... Um, and then obviously these games against Edmonton and Calgary are huge. They keep winning as well. And, you know, Edmonton's uh, tied with the Ducks and Calgary's right behind both of them. That may be the time that we'll see Eddie because it'll be back to back situation. Yeah, I think that is realistic. Uh, that'd probably be the latest we'd see him. I think sending Enroth down is a good sign. Um, definitely don't think we see him tomorrow against Vancouver. Uh, you know, I think Winnipeg would probably be the, the earliest that we'd see him, depending on how ready he is to go. If not, then like you said, either against Edmonton on the Saturday or Calgary on the Sunday, depending on what they want to do. And I, I think that all, again, depends on how healthy he is or, you know, it could also depend on, on the numbers that Bernier has against either the Oilers or the Flames. And usually a lot of that goes into to goaltending decisions. But I, I would hope we would see him then. I, I would love to see him either Saturday or Sunday. Obviously, those are big games, though, for him yep. to come back against. I mean, they're four-point games, and their teams are right around us in the standings. Uh, I mean, normally it, w- it wouldn't have been as, as big of a deal. I mean, the fact that the Ducks are in this spot, it, every game is key now, and, and it's difficult to work a guy back into the lineup, especially a goaltender. And, you know, we didn't expect San Jose to lose six games in a row. Uh, I mean, the Ducks have picked up 11 points on the Sharks in those six games that the Sharks lost because they lost all six in regulation. Uh, I mean, they were they were down nine six games ago. They were down nine mm-hmm. points on the Sharks, and the fact that now they're two points up on them, it just puts a whole new spin on, on their upcoming games, um, and it makes it difficult, to, like I said, to work a goalie back in. But, 
you know, you got to do it eventually if you if you want to run during the playoffs. And and I think realistically, the Oilers on the first or the the Flames on the the second is a good place to put them in. Yeah, I, I, exactly. I agree with you. And like you said, with the whole Sharks thing. Um, you know, that's one of the questions that uh, Trevor asked. You know, he said a few weeks ago we didn't think the Ducks were going to win the division. Do we believe that? Yeah, we really didn't think the Ducks were going to win the division. It's not that we don't think the Ducks are a good team, but we just didn't think San Jose was going to have this epic collapse and lose six games in a row. I mean, the Ducks were able to you know, beat them that one game, which was, again, another huge four-point game. But now to see San Jose choking, literally, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's crazy now. So, What's going on with the Ducks? Obviously, the goalie situation you and I talked about is huge. We've talked about the um, the power play as well. Uh, you know, another uh, fan question that, that goes towards the offense is about Patrick Eves, and Adam asks about you know the the Ducks have been criticized because uh, Bob Murray only picked up Eves. He didn't get anybody on the trade deadline. You know, none of that top six score that you and I have talked about probably at nauseum, like every podcast all the way back to last summer. Um, so you know, what's the deal? Um, with Eves and whether or not the Ducks will resign him and does it you know, depend on the playoffs. There's a lot of stuff going on in this question. But I think, um, yeah, I mean, we're, we still weren't happy with the trade deadline. I think, obviously, Eves coming in, you're seeing him scoring these goals. He's adding. It's huge. Now, um, it is going to depend on the playoff performance. It almost always does when you see these, these type of players that you get and see how far you go in the playoffs. Um, but I don't know if they will resign him, Eddie. I mean, the, the, the ducks are so tight against the cap. We saw what happened with Perron and McGinn last year, Stewart, you know, all these other guys that, uh, left, you know, and, uh, uh, for whatever reason, I know Perron was saying it was more of a Murray last season, but whatever the reasoning is, I mean, the ducks are in a worse position than the cap now. So I'm glad that, uh, Eves is working out. He's help helping and, and the ducks are able to, you know, perform right now even without that top six scorer that we had talked about but i just don't know if they'll resign eaves uh based upon the salary cap yeah i mean you have to realize too i mean this was probably our most asked question this week is, is if we're going to resign i mean for good reason he's been he's been playing really well lately but you know he's only making i believe like one million right now and he's up he's due for a substantial raise especially if he actually does reach 30 goals this season which he, he's he's closing in on so there's a good chance he could reach 30 um and you're going to expect him to at least get three, four, maybe even five if some team is willing to pay him that much. I, that's a little high, but you know some teams could overpay to get a guy like that in their team. And, and you have to look at his stats too. I mean, he doesn't do this that often. He's had a great season this year with the with the Stars and now with the Ducks. And you know, realistically, he is a third line guy. Do you want to pay four or five million dollars for a guy that might score you twenty goals each season? I, I think he's been a great addition for the Ducks this year. I just don't. I just don't see him coming back next year. And we've talked about this after the trade deadline too. I mean, the Ducks essentially have to move a defenseman unless they want to lose Joss Manson for free. Um, that's when I see them picking up a top six forward and, and then you can allow a guy like Eves to go. I still think that's the most realistic option. I, I think his salary is going to be, you know, his raise that he's expected to get is going to be too much for the Ducks to afford. Um they might go out and grab a guy similar to that, uh, you know, a one or two million dollar guy who could hopefully produce at the same rate on the third line for us next year. But realistically, I actually I do see us going and getting that top six score in the offseason, whether it be before the expansion draft or during the actual draft. Um, you know, realistically, it's something they have to do this year unless they want to lose a guy like Josh Manson to Vegas for nothing. Yeah, and I agree with you. We talked about that. We thought it would happen at the trade deadline. Uh, it didn't get done, but 
I'm pretty sure Murray's going to work on that, like you said, uh, in the offseason, whenever that does come, uh, leading up to the expansion draft and whatnot, because you'd hate to see, um, you know, Manson go for nothing, um, you know, unless unless he works some other kind of magic. So, yeah, that's what I would think would be the game plan for the offseason. Now, going back to the playoffs, what we've got going on now, uh, we've got another interesting question. This is a good one. You know, assuming, say the Ducks do win these first couple rounds, they go to the Western Conference Final, they win that, and then they get to the, to the actual Stanley Cup Final. So Darren asks, who would you want them to play uh, if they get to the Stanley Cup Final? I, I know who I don't want them to play. <laughs> There's a bunch of teams, but who would you want them to play, Eddie, if we got that far? Oh, nobody from the from the Metro, for sure. Exactly, exactly. I don't want to see them have to play Washington or Pittsburgh or Columbus, or even the Rangers. I mean, those are the four best teams in the Eastern Conference, all from the same division. So, realistically, I wouldn't want to see them play either of them. You can give me the Leafs in the final if you want. You can give me Ottawa, Montreal, Boston. I'd take any of them over, over any of those four teams from the Metro. Uh, but, you know, no team is easy. And if they make it all the way there, obviously, you know, if the Leafs make it all the way there, if the Sens make it all the way there, if Montreal makes it all the way there, there's a reason they made it there. Um, so it's still going to be a difficult opponent, but you know some of these teams are just built to win Stanley Cups. And, and Penn, obviously Pittsburgh is one of them. They won it last year. Washington uh, arguably has the best lineup on paper in the NHL. Uh, Columbus probably going to have Bobrovsky win the Vesna this year. Um, they've got guys scoring for them all over the lineup. So those are going to be teams that are, are going to be very, very difficult to play if, if you uh, meet them in the Stanley Cup Finals. And they're going to be teams who all have home ice advantage, which is going to be another thing that it would be difficult for the Ducks to, to you know overcome uh, in in the final round there. So I, I think it would be definitely, if I had to pick, it would be somebody from the Atlantic Division. Yeah, and I agree with you. I, I think all those teams in the Metro are, are, I mean, the Ducks can beat them. We just saw them beat the Rangers. But, I mean, like you said, those are tough teams. Washington, Pittsburgh, are you kidding me? Columbus is having a great season as well. Um, so, yeah, I would hope, you know, you don't want to pick the easier opponent and then they beat you. But if you had to be a betting man, you'd want to take somebody from the Atlantic Division. Um, but before the Ducks, if they are able to get there, another fan asked about, well, people are saying that it might be the Blackhawks and the Ducks in the Western Conference Final. Um, you know, just like the Sharks have been losing, and now we see Minnesota losing. Um, Chicago's now looking more like the favorite again than there. So wh- what do you think if the Ducks have to go through Chicago again to get the Stanley Cup Final? Uh, I mean, that does look realistic right now with the way the Ducks are playing, the way the Sharks have fallen off. Minnesota's been bad lately. Uh, I mean, it, it's tough seeing any team in the Central beating Chicago right now with the way they've all been playing. Uh, I mean, that could, that would be a tough one for me to handle again. I, I mean... <laughs> We've we've had so many experiences all bad against playing Chicago in the playoffs, and, and for it to happen again would just you know top it all off. I I don't honestly know what they would do differently. I mean, it is a different team this year. It's run by a different coach. Obviously, be approached differently. But you know, I I think if you look at the last times they played Chicago, I, I think this would be the best time to play them uh they're a different team obviously they're they're doing really good their record states that they're one of the best teams in the nhl but they're almost transitioning in a way that is working out for them but they've got a lot of rookies in their lineup. they've got nick schmaltz tanner kiro um they've got a lot of other guys in, in their lineup as well and, and it's a different team you know i i mean the the core is still there taves kane hosa uh keith zebra crawford but i think the ducks could push through them this year i think 
they they have the ability to do it. Obviously, it'd be tough. You'd be playing four games at the United Center, which is always a difficult place to play. The Blackhawks have a, a great home record this season as well. Um, and it would be one that would probably push to Game 7 with, with how well both the teams are on home ice. So uh, I just don't know. There's no way to really draw it out. I think it would be a close series, and in the end it would have to come down to Game 7, in my opinion. And, and can the Ducks break that curse with a new coach? We'd have to see. I agree with you, Eddie. I think the, the way that the Ducks are going now, they could definitely win the first two rounds and then go to the Western Conference Finals. We talked about earlier in the show, and if it ends up against Chicago, yeah, I, I, you bet it's going to go at least six for sure. I mean, if not seven. I mean, it's, it's going to have to. If that's, in fact, the two teams that end up in the Western Conference Final, it's going to be a battle. And like you said, if it, if it goes down to Game 7, Unfortunately, it's going to most likely be in Chicago unless somehow Chicago loses a bunch of games, the Ducks keep winning. I mean, you know, there's still a lot of variables going on. We still got a couple of weeks to go, but that's what it would look like now. So it's definitely interesting. I think the Ducks are in a much better position the way that they're playing now. As we talked about, the power play is probably the only thing that's kind of been lacking, but otherwise, they're, they're getting more scoring. They're getting it from secondary sources. Bernier's playing out of his mind. The defense is, is playing solid. Now, you know, everything's going right for the Ducks, and they're looking good. Um, you know, another team that uh, it's not looking good for Eddie and that we had a person ask about is uh, Khalid. He asks about the Kings. And the Kings, uh, when will they be eliminated? Well, let's talk about this. The Ducks, if the Ducks win on Tuesday against Vancouver, they will clinch a playoff spot and they won't have to worry about the Kings. If the Ducks lose in regulation and then the Kings get some kind of loss, the Ducks will clinch their playoff spot on Tuesday. As far as the Kings situation goes, though, Eddie, they're, they're almost done. I mean, they've really got to win out the rest of their games to even have a chance. I think, what is it, five points, and then uh, they'll be done. Yep, they're nine points back of St. Louis right now with the same amount of games played. Um, there's almost no way for them to even get back into the, the Pacific Division race. They're almost just fighting for a wild card spot here. Um, and like you said, they'd have to win out pretty much the rest of their games to even get close. Uh, they've got a couple games. I know their next one comes on the road against the, the Oilers tomorrow. Their road record is awful. Um, and obviously losing to the Oilers wouldn't help them anyway. That would complete, completely almost solidify the fact that they wouldn't be able to. I believe the Oilers would also clinch a playoff spot if they won against the Kings on that night as well. But, yeah, I mean, like you said, five points away from being eliminated. I, I don't see any chance of them getting in. But the Blues have been on a roll. They're playing tonight against Arizona. If they win, uh, they move another two points up on the Kings. So, um, I you know, it's a matter of time now. Probably three or four games from now, the Kings will be eliminated, and we can all make fun of them and be happy. <laughs> yeah, and then the uh, the Bishop uh, sweepstakes then will begin. Yeah. So we'll find out, where, you know, where is he going to go after this season, which kind of unfortunate, you know, that, that that ended up being the way it went down for him and Budai. But that's what the Kings in Tampa Bay decided to do, and, uh, you know, that's what they're going to have to live with. We'll see what happens, um, you know, come the off season for those guys. But um, like we said, with the way the Ducks are going, things have been going good. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of news came out today too, Eddie. Uh, you know, regarding this last week and, and different things going on. You now we're talking about, you know, uh, players doing well. We had uh, Getzloff did well this last week. Uh, you know, he had seven assists in these uh, three games, and he got named the third star this week. Yeah, I mean, well-deserving, too. Uh, I mean, you had some other great players along with them. Kucherovo got first star, and uh, Carl Lettinen got second star of the week for, for the performances they had. But 
Getzloff was a, a you know the best player in two games this week. He was the best player against the Oilers, had three assists in that one, and the best player against the Rangers and had four assists in that one. I mean, he's been on a tear lately, really since the the All Star break, and he's almost at a point per game now, sixty six points in sixty eight games. He's definitely been the Ducks' best player this season. Um, you know, maybe not at the early part where it was Kessler and Silverberg, but the fact that he's been consistent and be able to drive his play when it matters late in the season here. Um, he's definitely well deserving of that, and he's going to be a key factor for the Ducks in the playoffs. Obviously, if they're going to go far, he's going to have to keep playing like this. And I think if he can continue, you know, I mean, racking up the assists, he's got 52 this season. That sits him fourth <laughs> in the league. I mean, that's what he's known for. But the fact he also has 14 goals this season too isn't nothing to sniff at, especially for him. So uh, it's great to see him playing well, and it's obviously going to be key to the Ducks' success moving forward. Yeah, I mean, it's great. I mean, and, you know, uh, Bernier was named the second star of the week before. So, you're getting you know, players are doing well, and they're getting up there, and they're getting recognized by the league, too, which is good. Um, and, you know, oftentimes we see sometimes the Ducks aren't always recognized by the league. Um, you know, speaking of that, another player, uh, Andrew Cogliano, he was uh, nominated from the Ducks uh, for the Bill Masterson Award. You know, he's been nominated for this before, and that's the player that uh, shows the best qualities of perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to hockey. So, that's a you know another good honor for him, Eddie, and I don't know if he'll he'll get it this time around, but definitely well deserving of the nomination. Yeah, I mean you have to say that. I mean he's the reigning Ironman, seven hundred seventy nine consecutive games. He's the definition of perseverance. Really, we see him, <laughs> we see him almost go down with injury about three or four times a season. He gets back up, comes right back out, and, and plays the next game. So if you had to pick anyone, it, it has to be Cogliano. Will he win it this year? I don't know. There's a lot of very good candidates always from from each team. So it's a it's a tough trophy to win. There's a lot of good guys out there in the league, but I, I think this is a good nomination for him. I mean, he's been nominated for it, I believe, four times now. So, um, you know, it, it's he's just a good guy. Good guy in the locker room, good guy off the ice. Like you said, the fact that he's seven played 779 consecutive games obviously chips into the factor of him being nominated as well. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, you, you see him get beat so many times in games. And he's, you know, he'll go to the locker room and, you know, he'll be gone a minute or two and he's back. <laughs> you know, he just, that's just the way he is. And, and Ducks fans know that we've seen him, you know, and that's why we call him the Iron Man because that's what he is. He just, he just takes the licks and he just keeps on going. So well-deserving for him. Um, some other updates um, that happened too uh, in the last couple uh, weeks here, uh, you know, some of the minor league stuff going on. Um, we saw Clayton Stoner come back and play for the Gulls the other night. He actually got in a fight, <laughs> and we, we posted that on Twitter, or the, or the Gulls did, and we quoted it. And uh, so that was good to see him. And they were saying that um, along with Gibson coming on this road trip, Eddie, they're saying that there's a possibility that Stoner could come on this road trip. So that's you know good to see uh, the Ducks getting back another uh, solid, tough defense in which um, you know we've had people that criticize Stoner. But you know when it comes playoff time, He's a, a valuable person to have on the blue line. Yeah, I mean it's just more depth to add at the at the right time. You know, we've we've been used to guys getting injured at this time of the season. So the fact that Stoner is ready to come back and and is going to be healthy for the uh, hopefully a long playoff run is good. Gibson looks almost ready to come back. So with these guys coming back, it just adds to the Ducks' depth. Um, and, you know, never a bad thing to have more depth on the blue line. You've now got Holzer, who will be who'll be there for a depth guy. You've got Stoner now. Obviously, Montour uh, might 
you know, it, it might even open up the door for Montour to go back down to, to the AHL because you know, obviously the goals have clinched the playoff spot now and they're going to need him as well. So that could open the door for Stoner to come back and, and play regularly. It all depends on what they are, are attempting to do with Montour or not. Obviously, if they think he's a valuable piece for the Ducks, then he's going to stay up here. But you know, there also is the chance that they uh, that he could be sent back to, to the goals and, and you know try and go on a long playoff run with them. Yeah, exactly. As you said, uh, you know, the goals uh, clinched the playoffs too this last week, which is great for them. Uh, they're going to get back uh, Enroth. You know, um, he, he, as we said, he got sent down earlier in the show. He's 12 and 3. Uh, you know, and his games played with the goals and um, 1.74 goals against and 9.35 save percentage. So he's been doing very well uh, down in San Diego. So he's going to help them out. Like you said, maybe Montour goes back down and, the, you know, we'll see how they do. So the goals are rolling there in the playoffs. Uh, the Ducks should clinch this week, too. So, it's, you know, everything's going good in Anaheim and San Diego. You know, as far as, you know, Ducks fans go, um, the, you know, the Ducks have been rolling and the minor league team's playing well. And so have some of the other minor league players too, Eddie. Um, Sam Steele, Troy Terry, Alex Dosti, they've all had some good games this week. So uh, what's been going on with these three guys? Well, all three of them had five-point games this week, so it was a great week for, for Ducks prospects. Uh, Dosti had uh, three goals and two assists in Charlottetown's uh, second playoff game. I uh, was the the number one star in that game uh, as well. I mean, that's a loaded team. They've got uh, P- Pittsburgh Penguins prospect Daniel Sprong. They've got uh, Ottawa Senators prospect Philip Shalapik on their team as well. So, uh, I mean, for him to come out and have a great game like that, that that's great for him, especially being a late round pick as well. A guy that we talked to when he when he first got drafted. Yeah, it, it, it's great for for us to see him doing well, especially on one of the best teams in the QMJHL. And then you move over to Sam Steele, who's uh, arguably, well, who is right now this season the best player in the CHL, playing on the best team in the CHL on the Regina Pats. He uh, came off having only one assist in his first game and had one goal and four assists in their second game and was the first star in that game as well. And then you've got Troy Terry. I mean, the the world junior hero for the U.S. Uh, <laughs> Denver had their game against Notre Dame to get into the Frozen Four, and he comes out and he gets three goals and two assists in that game, and, and was the best performer uh, for Denver on that night. So just a great week for Ducks prospects. Uh, I mean, three five point games. Uh, Max Jones also had two goals, two empty net goals for the Knights to to win the game for them too. So uh, a big week for Ducks prospects. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, two empty net goals by the same player. I mean, that's pretty crazy, too. So, I mean, all these guys are rolling. So everything's going good for the Ducks this week uh, and the organization top to bottom. Um, we've got this road trip coming up, Eddie. Um, you know, again, it's going to be big. The Ducks are going to play uh, Vancouver and then uh, Winnipeg. Two games. Again, they should win. But, you know, we you know they lost to Vancouver last time. So we'll see what happens in these two games. And then, as we talked about, they got the back-to-back games with Edmonton and Calgary coming on the weekend. Uh, so we plan to have a podcast after that. And, and don't forget they're going to play Calgary again, uh, you know, following that. So they're going to play Calgary actually twice, but, you know, once back at home. So this is going to be huge, um, these these last final two weeks, Eddie. But, uh, you know, the way the Ducks are going right now, they, I mean, we talked about it last week. We thought they'd win two out of three. They won all three. Um, you know, this week they, there's no reason for them not to win all four of these games, uh, if not at least three of them. Yeah, and I think these are important, too, because this is the longest road trip since the beginning of February. I mean, they had uh, only three road games so far this month. They played uh, the one nothing win against Chicago, 4-3 loss against uh, St. Louis, and then the 2-1 win against San Jose. So they they had only three road games. So And you look at their record, too, on the season, you know, just 500. 
on the road. And that, I mean, we talked about having to improve the power play. Their road play is definitely going to have to improve if they're going to make a long run in the playoffs. And I think this is a good way to get it started and have a good uh, road games moving into the to the playoffs. And and these are teams you should be beating, especially at this time of the season. You know, these teams are obviously trying to play spoiler now, but the Vancouver Canucks are a team the Ducks should be beating. The the Jets are a team the Ducks should be beating as well. Um, and then the big two key games back to back on Saturday and Sunday against the Oilers and, and the Flames. And and you know the Ducks, yeah, they're sitting in first right now, but these are two teams that could still catch them. You know the Pacific Division is uh, within five points for any team, and, and obviously the the Oilers and the Sharks are only two points behind. And with the Flames winning right now and only being five points behind the Ducks, you know, there's two games that they play against the Ducks before the end of the season. So those are going to be big games. And I think if they can come out and win at least three of these road games and get on a roll on the road heading into the playoffs, it's going to be good for, for them to make a long run. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, I mean, you play in Edmonton, Calgary twice, all four-point games. Um, you know, the Ducks, like you said, they can end up in first, they can end up in fourth. Even San Jose now could end up in fourth, you know. So, I mean, it, 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 there's a lot to be decided in these last two weeks. Uh, the Ducks will even also play Chicago, like we talked about earlier. It could be a Western Conference final preview. Uh, then they'll finish the season against the Kings, you know, in a game that probably won't mean too much. Uh, you know, at that point, we'll have to see what happens here. It, it could uh, the way this division is going, at least for the Ducks, we know for Kings fans, boohoo, it's not going to be much for you guys. But, you know, for us, I mean, it may mean something. But, I mean, obviously, we still want to win that game, of course. So it, it's going to be a good uh, couple weeks coming up here. Like you said, good road trip. Ducks need to uh, keep it going, uh, maybe improve on the power play and whatnot. And uh, that's that's what they'll need to do, really. Uh, other than that, uh, get healthy. And keep on rolling. And on this road trip, uh, don't forget on March 30th, they're going to play the Jets. We will have a watch party at uh, the um, Orange Circle at uh, Avila El Ranchito. Uh, the game starts at 5 o'clock, so um, hopefully you can make it. Uh, you know, Fuel Hill is usually there. He was at our last one. Uh, you give away some prizes and whatnot. We hang out and meet other Ducks fans. Just a good time, good food, um, some good specials as well. So hopefully you can make it out on the 30th for that. And other than that, you know, be happy. The Ducks are winning. The organization's doing well. And uh, we'll see you in about a week. <laughs>